All righty. As everybody gets settled in, here he is, Dr. John T. Holler. Amen. Well, I know Miss Ann started a uh, series last week on the house of God, talking to you about what it means to be a part of the house of God. And today I want to talk to you in series a little bit more about this. The believer, the believer is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The believer is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Four things here in this, these scriptures we're going to look at. You are the truth house. You are bought with an immeasurable high price. You are to glorify God in your body. You are to glorify God in your spirit. Let's take our, take our Bibles and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the, of the truth. This word here for house is a Greek word, oikos, O-I-K-O-S, oikos. Listen to this. A dwelling, by implication, a family. What well, I tell you, you are your sons and daughters of God. Amen. We don't talk about discipleship very much in this, in this church because we believe that sons are better, better and stronger than disciples. Yes. I'd rather have a son than a, than a disciple any day, any day, any day. But I have a son than a follower, a disciplist, you know. Amen. God does not need you to be a disciple. He needs you to act like a son. Amen. Amen. A dwelling, and by implication, a family, a home, a house, a household, a temple even. This is talking to us about our collective life and our individual life as well. He's talking to us about our collective life and our individual life. You have the Holy Ghost in you if you're born again. He's in you right now. Yes. He, he was in you when you were getting dressed for church today. Yes. In the shower, he was, he was there. Yes. When you were asleep, he was there. But when you got here, something it took on a new dynamic. It got stronger because Jesus said, where, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. He manifests in a special way when people come together as the collective house of God. This is awesome. But one of the things he said there is that, that you are the ground of the truth. Verse 15. Which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. The ground of the truth. You are the house of truth. That's the first thing we want to talk about today. You're the house of truth. Amen. The truth. And there's behavior that you know, he talks about the behavior is guided by the truth. Your behavior should be guided by the truth, you see. Not all, not all churches have the behavior of truth. Not all people have the behavior of truth. That's why 1,800 pastors quit the ministry every month. 1,800 pastors a month walk off the job and never come back. Their behavior is bad, but a lot of times it's because of the behavior of the church, too. Both can be bad. 
First Timothy 3.16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery of godliness. So let's talk about our behavior. Behavior in the house is that our behavior is guided by the truth. And without all controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. I didn't think that godliness was a mystery, really, until I heard something my dad said. My daddy wasn't walking for God for many years. I told you this story before. I know part of my testimony is my dad's testimony. My daddy, my daddy did not walk with God, but during my form, formative teenage years, you know, and I came to came to the Lord and as a child, but then I came back to the Lord as a and twenty years old, and I, I never went went the other way again. I turned twenty. My dad was uh, away from God in fellowship. He wasn't away from God in spirit, but in, in fellowship he was. You know what I mean? Yeah. I believe once you're saved, you're you're always saved. Amen. Once you're born again, you're always born again. Can't be unborn again, 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 again. <laughs> Glory to God. I got born once and I got born twice, and that's enough. But you can walk away and not fellowship with God if you choose. Live a miserable life. A backslidden Christian is a miserable person. Yeah. I know a lot of them out there. I ran into them when I was backslidden. But one day my dad had a dream. He was waiting in line. He, he drove these big milk trucks, you know, AMPI trucks. You've seen them, silver trucks. He had to be in line down in Fort Worth or Dallas, one one of the two, waiting. He got there real early in the morning. You know how the truckers line up to get to the plant. While he was laying in his seat, he, went, he fell asleep. He had a dream. He said, John, I was walking down the street. I was walking down the street. He said, I noticed the curb got higher. The curb got real high. I said, I looked up there and the curb was up here by my shoulder. I said, I didn't realize my my road was going down. I didn't know. I, didn't know. I said, said, it felt like I was walking normal. But I said, he said, I thought curbs don't rise up. Roads must be going, my road must be going down. He said, just when I had that realization, he said, I looked over on the curb and there was two sandals. He said, I knew that was Jesus by the sandals he had now, I believe Jesus wears cowboy boots today. Because, <laughs> I mean, coming back on a horse, you know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? He shops at the original hippie sh shop on, there, man. too. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. But he had sandals on, so, so my dad would recognize him. He looked up into his face, and he couldn't see his face because of the light shining from his face. Just like Jesus. Man. About that time, Jesus reached down his hand. He said, I saw his hand come down in front of me. He said, James, come up here with me. Amen. <laughs> Ten years of living for himself, and that's all Jesus had to say to him. Come up here with me. Pulled him up, and when, when Daddy woke up from that dream, he was back with God. He's back. Thirty years he walked with God till to, to, to the day he passed away. He never forgot that dream, that gracious dream that Jesus gave to him. 
Didn't condemn him, didn't say anything about his sin. Didn't say anything about what he'd been doing wrong. Just come up here with me. Loving God who has an answer for sin. Jesus' blood covered sin, so God stopped griping about it. He got over it. He got over your sinfulness. Amen. While you were still sinning, he got over it. Glory to God. That's good news today. And it's a mystery. Mysterious how God can change a man so quickly. How God can change somebody just like that. You know, he's going to change that level on you have. He's going to change that level on you have. Say it. Say it with your mouth. He's going to change that level on I have. You have loved ones who are not right with God, don't you? Who, who does? Who does? Yeah, he's going to change them. We're going to say he's going to change them in a mystery, mysterious way where they don't even know what's going on. It's, it's, it's change. The next piece of this verse says, God was manifest in the flesh. That tells us that we have Jesus as an example. But our, our behavior should not just be different behavior. It should be Jesus-like behavior. Yeah. Amen. That's why one of the reasons why he came to give us an example of what a spirit-filled life is like. We didn't see that in Samson. We saw, we saw heroic events in Samson, didn't we? We did not see a 24-7 full-time hero in Samson, did we? No, no. Remember Delilah? Yeah, he's a jerk one day and he's jumping Jehoshaphat the next day, you know. <laughs> but you were born a champion. When you got born again, you got born again as a champion. But you were born your first time as a champion. Do you know that? Yep. Your existence here means you're a champion. That's right. On the day you were conceived, <laughs> there was a marathon of a million contestants. Marathon of a million contestants racing for that egg. And you got there first. You're a champion. You want a marathon race to get here. Glory to God. Amen. Look at somebody say, I'm a champion. The very fact that you exist means you're a champion. Amen. You don't have to do a thing to be special to God. You're special just by virtue of your birth. You get really special by your second birth. Jeremiah said, God said to him, before you were born, formed in your mother's womb, I knew you, had a plan for you. God has a plan for you to live a certain way, a righteous way, a godly way. Behavior is changed by birth. Amen. It says justified in the spirit. Notice the next verse, the next phrase, justified in the spirit. 2 Timothy 3.16 right after 15 justified in the spirit that says that his resurrection is when he was born again he was justified not in his natural man but in his spirit that had to be when he had gone to hell paid for our, for our sins and came back from the dead he was justified in the spirit that, that was the day he was born from the dead the Bible says Born again from the from the grave. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus was born again. Amen. You're going to be born again too. You are born again already in your spirit and you're being born again right now in your mind and soul and you're going to be born again in your flesh. Your body's going to come out of that grave just like Jesus did. Amen. That means we have a hope that things can change justified in the spirit. 
If it happened to you in the spirit, it's going to happen to you in the flesh. It's going to happen to your body. If it happened to your body, it's going to happen to all of you. I mean, if it happened in the spirit, it's going to happen to all of you. Next, next phrase there is scene of angels. That's that, that, this one got me. Scene of angels. We're still talking about this first idea of behavior in the house. You are the house of truth. How truth changes you. Well, here's some truths. Scene of angels. What's that talking about? It says Jesus was seen of angels. That means you have to remember you have angelic help. Angels are watching you right now. Angels are waiting for you to show them you have a need. Tell them what to, to do, to act. Hebrews chapter 1 says that the angels are here for us, to, to minister for us, not to minister to us, but to minister for us. They can do things for you that you can't even imagine. Amen. Go out there and do things that you don't know what to, what, what to do. They, an angel can do it for you. They're waiting for you to give them a, a command. Scene of angels. See, see Je- Jehovah Jireh, anybody know what Jehovah Jireh means? It does mean that, but it, the, the actual Hebrew word is seen by God. God sees. That's what it really means. The implication is if God sees it, he provides. So the angels were seen. Jesus was seen of angels. Look at his life. They show up every, everywhere. They show up at his birth. The angels singing, singing and shouting and dancing and calling, calling him Lord. Angels every place in the, around his birth. You see that? Yeah. Angels in the wilderness when he was when he was being tempted by the enemy. Angels showed up, yeah. encouraged him there. Yeah. In the garden of Gethsemane, an angel came and strengthened him. Yeah. Garden, garden in the garden tomb. Angels sitting on the tombstone. They wrote. They said the Bible. The Bible says the angel wrote it away. Wrote yeah. the tombstone, tombstone away. Angels every place in Jesus' life and ministry. Hear me. You may not see them, but they're with you too. That's right. Every place. Close your eyes just for a moment and imagine angels around here. We should be twice as conscious of angels as you are of demons because there are twice as many angels as there are demons. Yes. Amen. Okay, open your eyes. Don't get too, too dreamy here. <laughs> Remember, you have angelic help for this walk of faith that you have. I heard a story this this morning. My, my uncle called me and told me this story. He said, he said God wanted to find a hundred really dedicated Christians in uh, Oklahoma. So he sent an angel down to try to find a hundred really dedicated Christians in Oklahoma. Angel came back and said, I couldn't find them, sir. Couldn't find a hundred. So God said, okay, find me 50. So Angel came back a few days later. He was all ragged and tired and dirty and everything. He said, okay, I found 50, boss. I found 50 finally. He said, why do you want 50? He said, well, I want to write him a letter. Encouragement. You know what the letter said? You didn't get a letter? <laughs> <laughs> you walked right into that. I did too this morning. Amen. 
Angels are all around us. All around us. That's messed up. Somebody said. Take it on the elder. Angels at Jesus' birth, angels in the wilderness, angels in the garden, angels at the empty tomb. Remember, you have angelic help. Keep it in mind. This week, I want you to keep that in mind. Keep it in mind that you have angels with you in your car. Think about angels. If you just close your eyes for a minute, not, not when you're driving, but you can almost see them standing around. Amen. Then it says, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world. I really think that's talking about the same thing. Same thing. Preached to the Gentiles and believed on in the world. Paul's saying, when I preached to Gentiles, they believed it. Yeah. I preached to Gentiles and they believed it. Right. Yeah. That's what he's saying. So here's our challenge. How this affects our behavior is to tell somebody. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to try this side. Tell somebody. <laughs> Tell somebody what happened to you. You don't have to be a theologian. Just tell them what happened to you. Just tell them what happened to you. Tell them what Jesus means to you. Get your testimony out there. Get your testimony out there. Like, like that Field of Dreams movie, you know, it said, if you build it, they will come. If you tell them, they'll come. If you tell them, they'll come. If you tell them, they'll believe it. If you say it, they will believe it. I said, if you say it, they will believe it. Matthew 16, listen to this. Matthew 16, Jesus asked him, asked his disciples, oh, let's just read it. Miss Ann, could you read that for me? Matthew 16, 13 through 19, I want you to read the whole thing. Matthew 16, verse 13, it's already up. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou, thou art, art the, the Christ, Christ, the Son of the living God. Yeah. Amen. You don't. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Listen to this. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. You don't. And I say unto thee, also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Not Peter, the rock of confession that he said. You don't. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against I'm it. I'm going to do what, what does he say he's going to do with that confession? He's build build my, my church. church. The house of God, which you are, is being built by your confession. Nice. Or what you say. Yeah. Or your service to God. Your behavior changing how you speak. Right. Yeah. The words you say. Acts 11, verse 13, 13, 14, and 15. I'll read it here. And he showed us how he had seen an angel. This is Peter talking, telling, telling the Jews back in Jerusalem after Cornelius got saved. As in an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. 
who shall tell thee words, everybody say words, who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Shall tell thee words. Words save people. Words save people. Words have saved the world. Words of gospel truth changes everything. Amen. That's why you keep coming to church. Hear the word. The word, the word, the word, the word. And the next thing here, it says he was received up into the glory. Received up into the glory. Remember. Remember this. This life is not the end. Amen. Amen. You have a future in glory. Amen. Amen. A future that's better than I could ever explain it to you. Better than I could ever show you. You have a future in glory. Glory to God. Received up into the glory. This happened to Jesus. It's going to happen to you. Amen. Amen. Now take your Bible and turn it for our second thought. First Corinthians chapter six. First Corinthians chapter six, verse nineteen. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? First, you said you are the house of truth. Second thing you need to know is you are bought with a immeasurably high price. Amen. Measurably high price. Think of this. The blood of Jesus Christ, which we sing about today, has bought you. That means God owns you. You're not your own anymore. You should not just be thinking, I'll just do this, I'll just do that, I'll just do this, I'll just do that. No, you're owned by God now. But that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It, mean, it does not mean slavery. It means it means sonship. It means you're part of his family now. My granddaughter's getting married. First grandbaby to get married. She found a man. A real man. She had a couple of boyfriends. Now she's got a real man on her hands. He's something special. But he's going to be part of our family. I'll become part of his family. He's going to become part of my family. Because I said so. <laughs> when you know who you are, when you know who you are, you, de- you, de- you develop the house. You pay- place the the name on the door of the house. A house is worth what someone is willing to pay. That's right. We sold a house one time a few years ago, the last house we had in McKinney. No, it was next to the last house we had. And uh, I asked the realtor, I said, what is this house worth? She said, whatever somebody's willing to pay. I said, no, what's it really worth market-wise? She said, whatever somebody's willing to pay. I said, you stuck on that? What's, why, why do you say that? She said, well, it's the truth. A house is worth whatever somebody's willing, willing to pay. From my perspective, she said. 
because the market doesn't make any sense to me. She said, she said, if you can get it, that's what it's worth. Yeah. It's only worth what somebody's willing to pay. Yeah. What was God willing, willing to pay for you? Everything. Think about that. What is your worth then? Don't say I'm worthless. Priceless. Say it. Priceless. priceless. Don't say I'm worthless. I'm priceless. Amen. Amen. God thought you were worth the blood of Jesus. Thought you were worth the blood of his own son. My goodness. You have great value to God. That's why he has you here still. To get more like you. You see, we were, why does the church, why do we exist? For three primary reasons. To edify the church, to evangelize the world, and to exalt the Lord. Ultimately, to exalt the Lord. How many of you believe we, we, we did it here today? The, the, the worship was amazing today. It was awesome. Thank you for coming today. That was amazing. She sings better every time I hear her. But man, oh, just awesome, sweetheart. But we do good here, but it's going to be better in heaven, don't you think? Because your thoughts never ramble when you get to heaven, like you did this morning. I thought two or three times about my, my boots. <laughs> I did. It crossed my mind two or three times. I wanted, to, I wanted to polish them today, but I didn't get a chance to, but I did brush them. And so it was on my mind while I was trying to worship God. That won't happen in heaven. Amen. I know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. I may not be the right preacher, but I got the right message. We'll be able to edify one another better, won't we? In heaven. There won't be the sexual tension, the racial tension, the, the socioeconomic disparity. It'll be good up there. We'll be edifying one another all the time. We could sit at Paul's feet and hear him face to face. That'll be awesome, won't it? We throw our crowns at Jesus' feet and worship him for endless days. But the third thing is really the reason why we're still here. To evangelize the world. Can't do that at all in heaven. No need for that in heaven. That must be why we're still here. Must be why we're still here. Say it must be why we're still here. Amen. You are bought with an immeasurable high price. I was... Uh, with my friend Terry Sparks one time down in the hill country of Texas. Miss Ann and I, we, we lived with the Sparks at the time, I think. And Saturday morning, we woke up and the women said, get us something to eat. Saturday, the men provide, in my house, men had to provide for breakfast. So I went and killed something. At the, at the grocery, at the grocery store, <laughs> uh, HEB grocery stores down in, down there in Texas. You know, HEB. Anybody familiar with HEB? We love those. Oh, the best grocery store ever. They have all kinds of things in there. We went in there and got breakfast, breakfast bur burritos, which I love. We pulled up on the parking lot one day that that, that morning and uh, heard a sound. Uh, sound like this. I have been tampered with. I have been tampered with. I have been real loud, real tinny voice sounding. I have been tampered with. 
I said, Terry, what is that? He said, I don't know. We got up on the parking lot a little bit closer. And I had been tampered with. And uh, Terry said, oh, I know what that is. He's a real gadget guy. He said, that, that's an alarm system on a car. I said, do you think so? He said, yeah, that's what it is. He said, that, look around, there'd be a Lexus or a Cadillac or some really high-priced car sitting around. Because these things are really expensive, John. But you, get, you, you wait till you see this car. So we get up on, the, up on there. And we park and we find our way toward the, the door. And a guy comes running out of the grocery store with his fob, trying to turn an alarm off. We finally make it see where, where it's coming from. He's pointing out a little roller skater of a car. <laughs> worth about $15. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. He finally gets it turned off. <laughs> Terry started laughing. He started laughing. He commenced laughing so hard. He used to wear a toupee, and his toupee was sideways when he got done laughing. <laughs> He said, that crazy guy spent more on that, on that, that alarm. alarm system than the car's worth. <laughs> we went and got our burritos and came back out. And the car was gone. He started laughing again, just thinking about that car sitting there. And he started laughing again after listening. That has a serious, that has a serious thought in it, Terry. He said, okay, I guess you're going to preach it, huh? I said, yeah. I said, listen to this. So the car sitting there saying, I know I may not look all that much to you, but somebody paid a high price for my security. Nice. Amen. Glory to God. Somebody paid a high price for our security. Amen. Glory to God. Then it says, Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That's the last part of that verse I just read. Verse 20, for you are bought with a price. You are to glorify God in your body. There's a Christian man over in Love County. The story goes about this old man. Old man. He's a millionaire, multimillionaire. I'm not going to say his name because it kind of defamatory the story is he's a Christian man but he had a, had a had was noted as a Christian man but he had a very real weakness he was an alcoholic once in a while he'd get another guy with him driving him around he didn't want to go to the bar didn't want to go do that he couldn't do it at the house because his wife would get mad at him He'd get in the car and get a friend of his to drive him around he'd, while he'd get drunk in, in, his, in his car riding around. One day he was, he was in the back seat. He got some bad hooch or something. He's sick as a dog. Throwing up, throwing up, throwing up. His friend was named Charlie driving him around. He said, Charlie, Charlie, oh, Charlie, pray for me, buddy. I'm sick. Pray for me. Throwing up in the back, back of the back floorboard, you know. Charlie said, God is sick again. I said his name, didn't I? But anyway, 
Lord, he's drunk. In the back seat said, don't tell him I'm drunk. <laughs> Charlie, don't tell him I'm drunk. But he knows. <laughs> True story. And there are all kinds of ways for you to bless God, for you to glorify God in your body. We st standing is customary. We normally stand when we worship. Kneeling is appropriate. Lifting hands is encouraged. Clapping is fine. Dancing is cool. Lying prostrate sometimes is mandatory, especially if prays for you. You're going to be on the floor. But it's all okay. Just do something with your body to worship God, to glorify God with your body. That's what the Word said here. Amen. Lift our hands, we shout, we dance, we do all these things. Not to show anybody else, but just give glory to God. Just bring our flesh into subjection. Make our flesh obey the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Glorify God with our bodies. And you are to glorify God, God with your spirit, too, it said there. This, I think, is mostly talking about speaking in tongues. In the Spirit. Glorify God in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14 says speaking in tongues. Paul calls it praying in the Spirit. He calls it blessing with the Spirit. He calls it giving, giving thanks well. You can receive the Holy Ghost today in, in baptism form. We talk about the baptism. We talk about the baptism. We're not talking about water baptism. We're talking about the baptism in, in the Spirit. The one that's most important to us is the baptism in the Spirit. And it's your inheritance. It's for you. It's for everybody here. Okay? You don't have to be scared of speaking in tongues. They did it in the Bible. All your heroes did it in the Bible. Peter spoke in tongues. Paul spoke in tongues. John spoke in tongues. James spoke in tongues. They all spoke in tongues. Every hero you have spoke in tongues. You hear me? Except Jesus. He knew all the tongues. He knew them all. He created every one of them. Amen. You are the truth house. You are bought with an immeasurable high price. You are to glorify God in your body. You are to glorify God in your spirit. And let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 for our final verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. The temple God. that Jesus is building with our words, our actions, our behavior. We don't. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God. And they, and shall, they be shall be my, my people. people. Stand to your feet and say, I, we are his people. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet and say, we are his people. Let's tell we are your people. 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 Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Glory to God.